Welcome to Grow Up, the audio show gracing your ears, hosted by me, Jacqueline, and me, Taylor. Now that we're grown, we reflect on growing up, glowing up, and look at different industries, ideas, and people that need to grow that F up. We're talking back and looking forward to a future that feels more like honey, led by people with a lot more heart. We serve up our pop culture analysis, real life talks, and future forecasts, making predictions based on trends, sometimes data, and always our intuition. We're here for a good time, so buckle up, and thanks for being a part of our community in the chaos. Yeah, well, I was going to say, if you are watching today, don't judge the sad, glowy pout in the background. I need to finish Uh the batteries. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I think it's still giving like a solid 60%. Like it's still... That's good. Yeah, it's still coming through. Well, and if anybody's watching, here's my cat. (laughs) (laughs) What's new with you? What's going on Um, in your life? Oh, so for the month of April, 30 days, I'm doing a cook from home diet. Mm -hmm. I'm already pretty gluten free, but we're going to really lock it down on the gluten free. Go for dairy free. Because Josh is feeling kind of dairy sensitive. Wow. Caffeine free. Wow. And alcohol free. Okay. The only one I hate is caffeine free. So I can't. that one is kind of like hard and I've been getting headaches even. And I know your buzz. Yeah. And like we even got a little espresso maker and we were making cute little like espresso drinks. I feel like mine is a little too low, but I don't want you to see the duct tape that's keeping up this <laughs> evil eye. But we just got a little espresso maker from josh's parents and so we were like making little chai lattes at home and i'm jonesing for it a little bit yeah i mean you could go decaf i was thinking about that like just to kind of get the sensation my grandparents always drink decaf i guess i mean i do like the taste of some coffee Mm -hmm. it has to be the right coffee right now i'm really liking um phil's coffee oh yeah do you i can't remember the blend but it tastes so good it's not bitter at all you get it like the grounds and make it at home. You're not like going because isn't Phil's like a Starbucksy like coffee shop? Yeah, I buy the whole beans. Oh okay. nice. Okay. We grind it at home. Okay. Oh, grind it at home. Josh was saying that we might have to get a grinder, and I was like, why? It makes a difference. Yeah. It's you faster. just find yourself using it. Yeah. Well, Justin makes the coffee in our house. So. That's what I was thinking. Like maybe he could just become like the in-house barista. Yeah, he's texting me right now because he's at the grocery store buying me some hairspray and he's lost at what to get. (laughs) Yeah. One time I asked my brother to get me a hairspray. I think he just got the cheapest one. And when I showered, you would feel it come down. Oh my God. And it would burn my eyes and the taste in my mouth. I think I only used it like three times, but I think it was on like a vacation or something. I was like, I need it. It was horrible. I just saw a video about a girl who was on a cruise and all her hair products, when she was like snorkeling, the water washed them into her eyes and she got like a mad burn. I think I might've seen something like that too. Yikes. I feel like our for you pages might be the same. Yeah, they probably are. I think (laughs) we've noticed this trend before. (laughs) Sometimes what I don't notice is like, I'll be scrolling in our messages because we send each other a lot of videos. Yeah. And I forget that I'm like in our messages scrolling and then I send you the fucking video that you sent me and I'm like, wow, she probably thinks I'm such an idiot. No. I I feel like I do the same thing or I always want to see like what you sent in in order and like if you yeah. liked mine, I go back and like watch which ones they were. Yeah, same. Okay, so you're four days into your challenge. How are you feeling? 
Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. I kind of wanted to set myself up, so I did like a pre last week. So last week was like the light version. I'd say the only thing that is coming up a little bit is I was feeling pretty uninspired with lunch because lunch mm-hmm. has kind of just become the leftovers of like two days ago that I already know I don't want to eat. I work from home, so you know, we've got some options. I'm probably in the best position for this. We bulk made pancakes so i just ate oh. two cold pancakes for lunch protein pancakes gains i feel like you just gotta reimagine your leftovers sometimes you know yeah. what i mean and i could have done it up you know, i could have like peanut butter and banana or whatever but instead i just ate them cold straight out the fridge you know sometimes that's the vibe yeah <laughs> i'm recovering from contact dermatitis oh really did we talk about this is it your neck Yes, it was like mostly and like here. like chin? Okay. Jawline. First, I was like, what is happening to my hormones? Is like something going on? And then I realized that I had just bought laundry scent beads that I never yeah. buy. Anyways, recovering now. It's taking fucking forever. It doesn't burn anymore. But now I'm just getting all these little tiny whiteheads everywhere still. I think I saw a TikTok of a girl who thought she had chronic acne coming back and it turned out to be chronic dermatitis. That sounds really rough. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to be chronic. I hope not. But <laughs> yeah, I think it was that like she hadn't gone to a dermatologist. She just kind of was dealing with it on her own, yeah. trying to figure it out. I did not go. This is like a three-year situation. You wouldn't let it get that long. Anyway. So. Yeah, three years is too long. Like I was considering making an appointment after a month. So yeah, that's my life update. Uh, but you're on the mend from it moving forward. I hope. I don't know what's going on. Now these little breakouts are my cheeks too. I've been getting kind of weird breakouts in different places and I don't know what contact dermatitis is necessarily, but I just kind of chalked it up to adult acne. But I'm getting them more on my yeah. cheeks, on my nose, in places I never usually get them and then my chin as well. I know. I keep getting them around my lips too, which yeah. is like so painful. So, and the skin is so thin. I don't know if this happens to you, but do you ever have like a pen? in a place that like it hurts to pop but like you need to pop it you go to pop it and you sneeze because it fucks with you i don't know if i've sneezed necessarily but my nose i'll get zits like on the inside of my nose and it hurts so bad that i eye watering yeah like i don't know about sneezing but just like chronic eye watering (laughs) maybe the sneeze is a me thing (laughs) (laughs) i mean it may have happened but i just can't remember I'll just, like, get a pop of pimple, then all of a sudden I have to sneeze out of nowhere. It's just, like, your body's need for release. It's, like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. Sometimes you gotta get them. Like, I have the tool, but... Extractor thing, me too. But sometimes you, like, blow up your face with that. And that thing fucking hurts. Yeah. It's like metal digging onto your skin. Sometimes it, like, makes me sad. It's not always, like, targeted enough either, you know? Yeah. It's like a blunt object that you're, like, digging into your face. Yeah. Well, and then mine started rusting, and I'm like, I thought this was stainless steel. Yeah. Apparently not. Not. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to use that rusty-ass thing on my face anymore. Yeah. But, okay. Anyway. Topic. (laughs) (laughs) I hope all you listeners are doing well. I'm really excited about today's topic. I picked this one. Today we're talking about ghost kitchens. Don't know what they are. We'll get into it. But I got inspired. What is this man's name? 
He made the video. Eddie? Eddie Burbeck, Burbeck, I think. Yeah, I've never heard of him until I watched this video. Have you? I subscribed to his YouTube channel. Oh, what other kind yeah. of content does he make? Um, the last video I watched was him going to every rainforest cafe in the country. <laughs> Josh was like, I, I cannot believe we are watching this right now. And it's videos like that that make me think I may be like a BuzzFeed kid. <laughs> like, why am I watching this man yeah, go to but like, cafe? <laughs> Gen Z has Mr. Beast, so same difference. Yeah, and I feel like Eddie Burback is how I even know who Mr. Beast is, which I know we're going to like get into, but... I don't think yeah. a lot of people our age know who Mr. Beast is, but I think Gen Z does. He's the most followed man on YouTube, though. Yeah. I wonder who crazy. would say, like, PewDiePie. Like, do you know who PewDiePie is? No clue. No? Okay. He used to be the most followed man on YouTube. Damn. Yeah. I don't watch most stuff like that on YouTube. I've definitely watched a PewDiePie video. But, like, he's a gamer. I don't watch that. And I don't really watch, like, a lot of big channels like that. I don't watch a lot of big channels. I watch... A lot of probably really annoying content <laughs> still, but annoying in a different way. Yeah. I'm all about that indie content, small creator, but uh, yeah, yeah. I agree too. Or like very niche things that I'm like, this is what I'm going to spend my night watching. Yeah. I watch too much personal growth TED Talks, which is kind of annoying, <laughs> but I've been like watching it in the morning. I'm like trying to fucking hack my brain, you know? But Eddie Burback made a video yeah. on YouTube about ghost kitchens. And that was what really inspired this episode because I was somewhat familiar with ghost kitchens. I want to ask you this question too, but I'm just going to answer it first because I'm kind of going into it. I knew about ghost kitchens because I have a booze-free bottle shop. If you didn't know, go follow. It's called Behave Bottle Shop on IG. And it used to be Zero Proof Sober Bar. So it was a pop-up bar. And I had to do a lot of research on like how the heck to be a mobile bar. And you have to have a commissary, which is like a central kitchen location that you could go to and like prepare food and wash dishes. So I learned about commissaries and like in searching for commissaries, I found a lot of kitchen space for rent. And so that's how I learned about ghost kitchens. I think a lot of people that do baked goods at farmer's markets do this too, where they go rent a space or they're a cottage food business, which is when you get permitted to cook food in your home kitchen, or you can just go rent a commercial kitchen space. You know, you could have like a monthly membership or whatever. You could store stuff there as well. So it's good if you're like running out of room and then you could operate out of there however many hours you've like bought in your membership plan and have a full ass kitchen and it's shared. You know, you have stations in there so there could be multiple people in there at one time or just depends on the time of day. So that's how I learned about ghost kitchens. But I was curious, when did you first hear about them? I actually like remember you and I having this conversation about like your commissary and the interesting world of pop-ups and commissaries and the relationships that they have. I probably learned about it when I was working in restaurants and some people would go and do pop-ups on weekends and they would have to work out of a kitchen and like you said you like rent space sometimes you maybe have a station maybe like a locker or whatever you cook your food there it could be for a one-off like maybe a big catering event or it could be for your regular business at farmers markets or pop-up street vendor kind of thing and I've had a few co-workers who have done like pop-up trucks and stuff and have had to rent commissary space so I think commissary and ghost kitchen I don't know when I kind of realized that maybe they were two different things, because right now I would describe them differently, but I think mm -hmm. the general idea came about at like the same time. Yeah, totally. 
So you've known about them a long time then. Probably, which was interesting because I really liked the Eddie Burback video and it had a lot of good information, but it also was a lot of things that maybe I could have like surmised or wasn't that surprised on. Like I know we'll get into it more, but the scale of things is very surprising for me, but like how it happened, I followed the trail of breadcrumbs like very easily. Yeah. Well, a few months ago, I didn't put two and two together yet. This is before I connected the dots, scrolling through DoorDash, and I'd be like, where the fuck are these restaurants? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I haven't heard of this shit. Where is this? And I'm a person who's like, I'm on Yelp. Like, I wouldn't call myself a Yelper. I'm not writing reviews. Yeah. But thank God for that. Yeah. I mean, low key, I almost want to write reviews because my best friend Ashley used to do it, and then she would get invited to like places. Yeah. I could see that. It has its pros and cons. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Yelp influencer. Yeah. But, you know, I like to know what's around me. I pay attention when I'm driving to what businesses exist where. If I haven't seen one before, I'll go look it up. Like, I'm always looking at businesses around me. I'm always taking note of, like, opening soon. I'm like, interesting. Dunkin' Mm -hmm. Donuts with the drive-thru. Did we see that? (laughs) And all those coming soon signs are Mm -hmm. fucking lying. They're up for, like, a year. I keep seeing the, like... When is soon? (laughs) When is when is spring 2023? Because I'm looking around. Like, some of them don't even put a quarter or a month. Like, can you give me a general idea? Just soon? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd be like, where the fuck are these restaurants? Because, especially where I am now like more in the burbs I'm like there's not restaurants around me you know there's hole-in-the-wall places or chain restaurants neither of which are very good unfortunately except for Lee's Mongolian barbecue shout out Um, (laughs) shout out greater Sacramento area (laughs) yeah come through (laughs) And so I was just like, what the fuck is going on on this app? Where did all these businesses come from? And they seemingly had, you know, just weird branding and stuff. So I was interested. But did you write this question or did I? Have you ever ordered from a ghost kitchen? I think you did. I don't recall, but... Because I'm like, how do I even answer that? Like, probably. I don't remember. Yeah. Or like, (laughs) I would say like, not knowingly. So... Yes. I was going to ask you, do you order on DoorDash or the meal service app often? We're DoorDashers. We have a Dash Pass. Okay. We We tried to cancel it. A Dash Pass household as well. Okay, good. Yeah, we tried to cancel it and then we're like, we're ordering DoorDash anyways. Yeah. We've cut back. We've cut back. How frequent are you DoorDashing? So that is also Be honest. So... (laughs) That's part of the reason why, like, I wanted to push for this, like, April, no gluten, dairy, alcohol, caffeine. I wanted to cook at home more, and I think it's, like, the push for me. I want to be eating a certain way, and if I want to feel good about being gluten-free and, like, knowing what foods trigger me and how I feel sick or not, like, the best way to do that is to, like, make my own fucking food. I felt really inspired after our episode, actually, that I was like, I just have to make it a habit, so let me do, like, 30 days I feel like I have the building blocks. Worst case scenario, we can like put a cauliflower crust pizza in the oven and like the world will not fall apart. Totally. So with that being said, (laughs) I feel like we are ordering DoorDash a lot. I would say three to four times a week minimum for like lunches and or dinner. And like Josh and I both work from home. So, you know, that's probably like a 40 to $50 bill for eating out for things that are relatively close three to four times a week. Yeah. Maybe more. 
I know, because DoorDash is, even with the Dash Pass, still expensive, which is yeah. just wild. I want to tip well. Also, I always tip well, but I'm like, the fees, man. Yeah. This would be a whole nother episode to do how, like, delivery apps are really screwing small businesses. It'll come into play a little bit in this one, but we were DoorDashing quite a bit, probably in that same range, especially at work. I was doing, like, lunches. I work in an office, but there's not, like, convenient places to go or, like, healthy lunches. I don't want to eat fucking shit every day because then I feel like shit. Not that it's bad. I'll still crack a bag of Doritos every now and then. But, you know, I digress. The world will um, not fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now we're, like, down to once a week. Only for the sheer cost of it. Like, we did a review of our finances and we were like, wow, that was a lot of money. On yeah. DoorDash. Luckily, I was on an airplane yesterday and a guy admitted that his DoorDash bill is, like, $2,000 a month. Wow. And I was like, okay, I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was funny. I was out with a friend the other day and she was like, you have money to order delivery. And I was like, I mean, I don't know. It's just like the way people approach it. Like I never really ordered DoorDash until maybe like the last like two or three years. I think maybe occasionally I did it here or there, but it really is just the convenience of it. And Mm -hmm. now that I'm kind of in my routine and I have other things going on and other obligations, like a lot of times it is easier to just have something delivered. Totally. But I was telling Josh, like, I'm excited to see at the end of this month, like, if we got a little bit more money in the bank account for eating at home. And you know what pisses me off? Like, you can't just order a fucking pizza anymore. You can't, like, call a place and just get it delivered. They're like, go on DoorDash. Either come pick it up or, like, do it through the app. Yeah. I'm like, that is so annoying. But in the video, our boy, Eddie... Uh, (laughs) he's our boy now. He defined ghost kitchens a few ways. Well, first of all, I just fucking Googled it. A ghost kitchen is also known as a cloud kitchen or a shared kitchen. And it's a place that offers restaurant owners and food entrepreneurs a commercial kitchen space at a reduced cost, typically for food delivery and takeout. Or like I said before, like you'd go make something and then take it somewhere else and sell it. And so he figured out the type of business. There's like a million different types of way to structure it. He narrowed it down to like three main categories. So one being it's an existing restaurant that either is rebranding under a different name or renting out their kitchen space. Number two is the shared kitchens, like I kind of talked about up front. And number three is a food truck or a container kitchen. So a food truck can just go post up somewhere, say, hey, DoorDash, I'm here for the day. Come pick up here and deliver my food. Or a container kitchen, literally what it sounds like, a shipping container temporarily set up somewhere. Like those portables you went to class in in high school. Yeah, (laughs) with the risers. Mm -hmm. Um, I did want to say for like the kind of commissary ghost kitchen aspect, when you said reduced cost, the overhead of a restaurant is the most surefire way to lose money. It is a very hard industry to get into. It costs a lot of money to pay people a wage to like clean, prepare, make food, serve food, all that jazz. So the idea of just like renting out space at a discounted cost is supposed to be beneficial for all parties involved in a way. And if you're going to the farmer's market, the person making cookies, you want to make sure that like they're washing their hands and have clean countertops kind of thing. So it's beneficial to cook in like a certified clean kitchen that somebody else is paying for the overhead on that you can just hop into. For my small business, it was a really big deal to have something like that and have a couple friends who also benefit from having these 
commissary spaces. So sounds great on paper. Sounds helpful to many new and existing entrepreneurs. But everything great gets exploited by guess who? Corporations. (laughs) (laughs) Is anybody shocked? No. My Um, takeaway was really like corporate evil centered. Oh yeah. Evil, evil. Um, (laughs) I looked up some like ghost kitchens that exist near me. uh Did you find any? Yeah. I find that they have the funniest names. Yeah. So I did want to say for like the different types of ghost kitchens, you said like shared restaurants, mm-hmm. like the commissary and then like straight up portables. I have seen there's a specific brand or a specific company. It's like NBHD or something like that, their initials. And it was in the Eddie Burbeck video. I see their portables everywhere. They are trailers in gas station parking lots that are cooking food for delivery. And they'll have a little A-frame sign that says pick up for insert wing place here. Wow. So, That's so weird. I've never seen one of those. It is I've done the of, food truck thing, but and like, I, I would order from a portable. food truck too, but like a portable in a gas station parking lot just gives a little bit of a different vibe. And I will order tacos at a gas station. Have before, yes. done before, I'll do it again. But talking about places on our apps that are ghost kitchen, I did find one. I found two. So it's just wings, which has like a very stereotypical, corny, cheesy, like stock image picture of curly fries and glossy wings. And it's called It's Just Wings. It's Just Wings. It's Just Wings. (laughs) Very straightforward. (laughs) Just Wings. It's Just Wings. It's Chili's. Oh, yeah. Hi, welcome to Chili's. Bird and Bun, which has like kind of another stock image, stereotypical picture, Bird and Bun, is another wing place called Buffalo Spot. So one is you're getting like a different company and it's literally just probably the same food as Chili's. You're getting like the triple dipper boneless buffalo wings, but as it's just wings. And then there's Bird and Bun, which is Buffalo Spot. So it's another wing place just making wings under a different name. Interesting. 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 What about you? Well, I, my mom actually had some of the same ghost kitchens on her app. I'm mm. in Sacramento. She's in Phoenix with the same names. Oh. Um, Denny's goes by the Burger Den. Okay. But then we also here had Waffle House going by Hatch House, Buffalo Wild Wings going by Wild Burger. Okay. And IHOP going by Thrilled Cheese and <laughs> Super Mega Dia. Like quesadilla. quesadilla. <laughs> it's like, what? The IHOP ones kill me because I just picture the execs at IHOP sitting in a room and being like, what is a business, a restaurant name that Gen Z would order from? Yeah. Thrilled cheese. It makes me think, you know, Super like, mega dia. Late night bites. But it is like you're scrolling through and you like know what is going to be on the menu based on the name. So it's very corny. But mm-hmm. I think that there was probably a meeting over what the name of this was going to be. Or yeah. they asked AI what the name of these are going to be or something. Yeah. And not only chain restaurants are getting involved. Celebrities also have some ghost kitchens and there were two in my area mr beast burgers we have very close to my house it's a burger i am which is a local chain here i think they're local i don't know we also have guy fieri's flavor town mm. kitchen or whatever it's called which is the local buca de beppo 
like a couple years ago, Josh and I went to his mom's house for Mother's Day, I think, and we got Buco de Beppo takeout. And when we pulled up, the sign said, pick up for Mr. Beast Burger, Guy Fieri, and it had like five. At that moment, I think I Googled it and I put together that all this food is being made in the same kitchen. There is a world where like different food is being made, but under the same roof, um, especially post-COVID, like a lot of restaurants have decreased their size, decreased their staff. They're just not that busy. So there is like an idea that there is unused space in these kitchens that another subcontractor could come in, use the kitchen as shared space and make food under that. So whether that's like a cute mom and pop food truck, or if that's a semi-corporation put in place by DoorDash or put in place by Chili's or IHOP to kind of work out of their kitchen or better utilize, I think it could go one of two ways. It's interesting, going back to the video, that where I get nervous is the fact that diners could actually wind up with such a wide array of things. In some worlds, you could essentially kind of get what you ordered, and in another world, you could get something completely made up of different ingredients based off of this random other restaurant. What did you think about that part? That part, I mean, I think it's deceptive totally to consumers if you're branding like Mr. Beast Burgers. When he opened up, and same with Garfiari, he opened up a hundred different flavor town kitchens across the country. I mean, maybe those are all Buca de Beppo. And my there guess is it some would be that they're of... like half Buca de Beppo, a quarter chilies, and then another quarter Outback Steakhouse or something. Yeah, I'm sure they're not all Buca de Beppos. That was another one that my mom looked up to and is also the Buca de Beppo. It's at least two Buca de Beppos. <laughs> <laughs> and at least maybe there's some consistency there. Like I think it's deceptive if you're not selling the same product everywhere and you're marketing it as the same product. I'm torn because a lot of these chain restaurants even though our chains are franchises, which franchises are small businesses. They contribute to the corporation. They still pay the corporations for all the licensing and branding, but you know, they're typically owned by people in the community. Mm -hmm. So for them to want to sustain their business through the pandemic or to expand their business in some way by then just licensing and franchising under also a different name, I see the appeal as a small business owner, especially like the burger I am next to me, like it's clearly family owned because it's the same people working there every time you go in and mm. you can tell they're a family. And for Mr. Beast, he's very transparent about his business model as well, that he's just selling the licensing and branding to all these restaurants and they get marketing under his name, which is obviously huge. As a small business owner, I would definitely see the appeal. Clearly with Denny's, like the burger den, it's not two separate businesses. It's the same it's business. It's a Denny's burger. And that's how it is with the celebrity ones too. It's the same mm -hmm. business. But at least the ones using the celebrity's name have to pay additional licensing and fees to operate under that name. Or there's some sort of deal there, you know? There's an extra step involved. Whereas like if they're just listing their business, if IHOP's listed under there, with like 10 different restaurant names. That's definitely a little more sketch to me. And I don't think we'll talk about it too much. Like 
definitely go watch this guy's video. We'll link it in the show notes. Maybe even pause this, come back after you watched it. It's 40 minutes though, so don't forget about us. Like, come back. (laughs) But I think what's more dangerous is that there's some businesses that are operating these ghost kitchens that own it that could potentially rent it out, but they're not renting it out and they're the same business, but marketing as so many different businesses. That one's directly owned by corporate, whereas these chain restaurants are typically franchises. So at least it's owned by somebody in the community, even if corporate's still getting a cut. If it's directly coming from a corporation that owns one of those shared kitchens, but doesn't share it and just owns all of it and is operating as 10 different businesses out of there, that's just them cutting corners. And, you know, at least like the Denny's is still a Denny's when you go there. There is this licensing in place with like Mr. Beast. He he claims, but I think maybe this goes back to corporate negligence or, you know, I don't know if this is a DoorDash problem. I don't know if this is a Mr. Beast problem. I don't want to put this on the small business owner, but I think that somebody could get the information, sign the paperwork, pay the fee to be a Mr. Beast kitchen, to be a Guy Fieri kitchen. It happens so quickly, they just turn on the app and start putting out that food. And there is like not enough checks and balances. Substituting of things is one thing, but a lot of people will try and cut corners because of how expensive it is to like run a kitchen. There are a lot of blind spots. Well, I feel like with the celebrity ones, for sure, it's probably a a corporate brand deal. And the franchisers, franchisees, um, are being franchisers. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Somebody let me know. I guess I can Google it, but not right now. They are probably just being told that they have to operate that way, which sucks because they probably don't want to. And in some cases, they're adding different menu items. Like Flavortown has like burgers on there. Buca de Beppo does not have burgers. Mm -hmm. There are some pasta dishes, so there's some overlap. But I would say, again, at least with a restaurant that's open to the public, and especially Buca de Beppo, you can walk through the kitchen every time you you go. (laughs) (laughs) But at least there's like the public coming in and being able to see the conditions of the space that the food's being prepared. Whereas these shared kitchen spaces like obviously there's ethical ones for sure there's good ones out there that are small businesses themselves like my local one is a small business themselves mm-hmm. and they put a lot of effort into the permitting to get this set up and they seem like great people and they're really they're doing it right and promoting supporting small businesses and that's mm-hmm. their mission like we started the episode out we probably ordered from ghost kitchens and had no clue and what's really disappointing too is like there's no really a quality check on a yeah. lot of these it seems you think mr beast is sending someone out to every location that's serving mr beast burgers to see what they're like yeah no. They're not. I mean, the one by me, Burger I Am, is very good. And we actually order from Burger I Am all the time, but we don't order from Mr. Beast Burgers. Yeah. But at least I know the burgers they're getting is good. But, like, they're also probably not using the same packaging that Mr. Beast Burger says that you have to use because there's no checks and balances, like you said there. Some of these that have these crazy names, you probably initially think, well, that's a small business. Yeah, like a dorky name. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, what is this place? I've never heard of this place. Must be a small business. It's not a chain that I recognize. And we're just being deceived in that way. And it sucks. And it also hurts employees because of the lower wages. If you're a server at a restaurant, your base pay still needs to be higher, but you're getting tips. And that's typically 
you're making more being on the service front of things. But this puts everyone back a house and there's no tips through DoorDash. That's for the drivers. Yeah. So it's a way for corporations really to cut corners on what they could pay people that work for them. Versus on the other end of small businesses, like why it's beneficial for them. It's because typically the owner is the one in the kitchen cooking. Mm-hmm. So yes, they don't have to hire servers, but it's because they're bootstrapping that shit and putting mm-hmm. all their time and energy into it. I wanted to point out something else that I noticed on DoorDash, just talking about corporations and the ways that the money's going. So just asking questions here, you know, mm-hmm. it's just wings. That, based off the address I confirmed, is Chili's, came up on my feed as a sponsored post with two promos and a note that it's a top pickup restaurant for drivers. So it had a spend $30, save $3, nearby and low fees, and was sponsored. That is just interesting to me because knowing that Chili's is a huge corporation that has a lot of buying power, has mass kitchens all across the country, and knowing that DoorDash is a nationwide company, it may not even go up that far. I'm sure there's people in like the local Arizona regional level that like have these discussions. But I mean, if it's a sponsored post, that means that some algorithm paid to send it to me and DoorDash is running two promos on it. It's also a top pickup restaurant on DoorDash because it's a large company that's able to pay its employees and update them on training. That when restaurants closed down, they had enough money to start back up and hire more people at mass and train more people. Like that all takes time, money, and energy. I just don't think that that can be like understated in all of this. That corporations have a leg up in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And it seems like they're kind of just patting each other on the back and sending money to each other. Like, yes, it's a convenience that like you and I both pay for. And I'm aware of that. But I maybe could benefit from reminding myself, like, it's a convenience that is just putting more money in the pockets of people with a lot of money. Yeah. Well, and I think part of the reason that chain restaurants are doing this is because I've been seeing for five years now articles about how millennials are killing chain restaurants and they're scared because we're spending our money elsewhere. And for me personally, it's because when I go out to eat, typically I want to go somewhere that makes something that I can't make as good as myself Mm -hmm. at home. And I will tell you, last time I went to Olive Garden, I was like, I could cook way better than this. Part of why I wanted to stop door dashing (laughs) is because I was like, I'm pissed that this is what my option is. This isn't Mm -hmm. good. (laughs) I'm not enjoying it. But on one hand too, sometimes you do want to go out for a quick, cheap meal and like, (laughs) we're not killing chain We want all the options. We want all the options. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I thought some of the celebrities that were getting involved were pretty interesting. Yeah. We've mentioned Mr. Beast Burgers and Guy Fieri. DJ Khaled has another wing. Yeah. Which this kind of is along with our celebrity beauty brand episode. Oh like my God. the the celebrities who are yes. just like putting their name on ghost kitchens and being like, I'm a restaurateur. Like, no, you're not. Yeah. This is the white labeling of the restaurant industry. Yeah. They're like, here's some food. You could slap my name on it. <laughs> You make wings, they're decent enough. You can make Yeah, them. they're probably all like fire wing restaurants. Yeah. Or, you know, another wing. Um, Hot Box by Wiz Khalifa. I don't what know what that? they serve. Wings? I don't know, probably wings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let me um, see. Tiger Bites. 
Oh my gosh. I'm not a person who will order from any of these. No. I'm not necessarily I mean, a fan. not willingly. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not necessarily a fan of any of these people, so maybe I'd feel differently if Lady Gaga had some cupcakes, but she did <laughs> yeah. do that Oreo brand deal, but yeah. I never went and got those Oreos because I could never find them. I did look. I did look. But if so. she did, like, a crumble cookie... <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like Gaga would do, like, it's just a special cookie at Crumble. Yeah, yeah. Like, that would be more her vibe. Thinking even, like, when celebrities have their McDonald's meals, like, I wanted Mm -hmm. to go get the Cardi B and Offset meal, but... Yeah, but you know it's still McDonald's. Yeah, and I feel like that... That's the difference. Yeah, agreed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Polly D has Italian subs by DJ Polly D. At least for him, I'm like, get your bag. I was thinking the same thing. Like, if this is where we're at, okay. Like, Mr. Beast, it feels like a big swing, I guess. Like, DJ Khaled, sure, he'll put his name on anything. But especially now that I've learned that they were not paid, I know the first season, potentially the second season of Jersey Shore, if money means that, you know, he has a, a good life, I know. sell subs, Polly D. I'm here for Polly D. And then um, Mariah Carey has Mariah's No cookies. way. Yeah. That feels funny. <laughs> I'm like, get out of here, Mariah. I did want to say, when we were talking about even like the Cardi B meal, you were like, well, you still know it's McDonald's. And I feel mm-hmm. like that is the one thing that I think really brings the point home is you should at least know like where you're ordering from. I think in the video it pointed out, I didn't see this on mine, but that like Maggiano's will come from like a Chili's or a Denny's. That one hit me a little bit because I feel like the dining experience and the sit down experience, like Maggiano's would not put themselves in a category of Chili's and Denny's. I didn't see them on my app, but I'd be interested to see like what the price range is. Are you paying Denny's prices or are you paying Maggiano's prices? Because Mm -hmm. that is really deceptive to consumers when they think it's coming out of a certain kitchen that, you know, maybe they think has like better ingredients or better quality checks. In his video, he he does an experiment where he orders like two burgers from these ghost kitchens. They both are fast food. One's Carl's Jr., the other is Jack in the Box. He tells people one's fast food and one's from a local restaurant and he has them guess which one and they never guessed right. (laughs) Number one, I think the experiment was a little flawed because if you're going to tell someone, okay, you have to pick either or like one's from a local restaurant, one's from a fast food and you have to pick Mm-hmm. out of the two you're not gonna think oh well both are fast food you're gonna yeah. think he's telling the truth when yeah. he asked you that question so i think it was a little flawed but i do think there's probably still some merit to it because if you're ordering from a place you think is not fast food and you get a fast food burger i think i would be able to tell personally <laughs> you with your refined <laughs> palate no not that but like don't you think you could tell? I mean, Jack in the Box is kind of. I will say, I used to be a Jack quality. in the Box stan. I would Me too. go ride I had a or die. Card. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ride or die for Jack in the Box. But I don't know. I do kind of think that, like, I probably could taste it too. I feel like the question should have been like, "Is this sandwich from a fast food place or a local yeah. restaurant?" And it should have been like each on its own. Mm-hmm. Whereas having to pick between the two. But it was still really interesting because I think I that's so. like part of the deception. It's well, like, when you're told you, you're getting something, you're looking out for it. Yeah. Totally. So sometimes you won't question it if you're just being told. And like, why would you? Especially 
if the brand's being like promoted by DoorDash. And that's kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about too, is what are these apps doing about this? DoorDash now has that virtual brand tag on these restaurants. So oh. that's how you're going to find them. It's just right under the name. It says virtual brand, but it doesn't tell you like what it actually is. So you have to like go look up the address. And I feel like that's how you could tell. Thought Mine was, like, doesn't maybe... say virtual brand. Really? You don't have that? Maybe it's not on all of them yet. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's not on all they of just them. Started maybe it's to even roll like it out. a California thing or no? Maybe it's a California thing. That's They're possible. Like, we want our people to be more informed. I'm not seeing it. Weird. Mine started to have it. I just noticed them. I feel like it just changed like yesterday. So they're adding that, but they're not saying like, oh, this is cooked in Denny's kitchen or something. Yeah. You know? They're not giving that much transparency, but at least they're tagging it with that. On the other hand, Uber Eats specifically said, these brands are labeled as restaurants in the Uber Eats app. Our perspective is that a virtual restaurant is a real restaurant, so they're not going to delineate. That just doesn't feel true at all. Yeah, it's not a real restaurant. A real restaurant is when you can go sit the fuck down. And yeah. I'm sorry. Or at least order at the or, yeah, counter. That and you could I, walk up and order at. I feel like this could yeah. get into like a whole meta thing of like oh, virtual yeah. is real. Well, guess what? I found out too. I just found a company called Cloud Kitchens. The main investor of Cloud Kitchens is one of the founders of uber oh interesting i think that's uber's perspective is we aren't going to tell you because we're yeah. just going to make a shitload of money off of you by not only now being the delivery service but actually the producer of the food yeah taking the larger share of the market by burying small businesses by listing our business under 20 or more different business names like watch the eddie burback video it's shocking yeah now of business names that could be tied to one location mm -hmm. my job it literally dropped <laughs> <laughs> and like i feel like i maybe didn't get my point across super well when we were talking about it but just hearing you say that it's not the dominoes that's making wings it's not like the chilies that's also making like the tender spot or whatever but these like almost warehouses that are bought by tech companies and mm -hmm. people are worked out of, or even small, tiny kitchens that they have two or three people working out of, creating food for 16 different restaurants, 16 different menus all day. And another thing too with restaurants, the thing is like there's an ebb and a flow. Like you have service, like it's hard, hard work, especially back of house, but then there like comes the reprieve. But with these virtual restaurants, the fry guy is probably frying their entire shift. The grill guy is probably over a hot grill their entire shift. And usually there's like a kitchen manager. You can't have a kitchen manager in a trailer of two people. It's kind of gnarly and dystopian. Oh yeah. It's like scary. It's basically a food factory. Yeah. And some of these restaurants don't even have different menus. They just have different business names. Yeah. They and use like, the like same slightly pictures. different angles of the photos, you know, one will be like burger from the side, burger yeah. from behind. Yeah. <laughs> burger with blurry fry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is a red background. This has got a blue background. Yeah. It's the same fucking burger. And it's probably not even a photo they took. 
it's probably a stock photo they pulled yeah. off the fucking internet. So it's not even what you're ordering. And it just gets fucking ruined so fast. It shouldn't be on the person scrolling to have to, like, navigate to check the website to see, like, oh, is this a real restaurant or isn't it? Or am I actually getting food from where I think I am? Yes, the information's out there. Like, I was able to easily find it online. It doesn't explicitly say that it's coming from another restaurant, but it shows you a map. If you're familiar with your area, you can see it. You can check the address, but it shouldn't be on, you know, you and you're hungry. You're not you and you're hungry. Like another (laughs) brand tells us that, but it just is like shady business practice. Yeah, totally. And especially with our food, we deserve transparency. We eat three times a day. We need to know where this food is coming from. I'm a hungry bitch. Just to wrap it up, some tips on how to spot ghost kitchens on your apps. Obviously, I mentioned DoorDash is doing the tag. Mm -hmm. Other apps are not. Um, But go look it up somewhere else. Go look up the business somewhere else and see what's up with it. Go check it out on Yelp or Google. See if it's actually the real business. Or like we mentioned, you could look up the address. But also, we kind of got into earlier, they typically have like really funny names. Yeah. Or like outlandish names. When you know what to look for. Yeah. Now you can, you're going to start noticing which ones. It's one of those restaurants. Do you look at it and you're like, what the fuck is this restaurant? The names, the pictures, and there's almost kind of like a gimmick to it. It's burgers. It's wings. It's like one of the categories. One type of food. Yeah. That you would have to pick. Yeah. Grilled cheese. Yeah. (laughs) Quesadillas. Yeah. And the grilled cheese place might have like, I don't know, like a patty melt or something, but it's all the same idea. Yeah. It's all the same. So those are the tips until we get transparency. Like maybe there's some petition out there to get some transparency around this. If there is, I'll find it and link it in the show notes Mm. for us all to sign. But I just feel like this is fucked up. Or we could just, I mean, I don't want to say stop using DoorDash. Just maybe support a restaurant that you've been to before that you know and are familiar with it being a local business. Yeah. And I think to maybe have a conversation with yourself of like when you want to be ordering out and like what you want to be ordering out for. Or for me, I was ordering out a lot and feeling sick and it was like, is this beneficial? Is the ordering out beneficial for your pocketbook? If it is, if it's a Friday night, if it's a Wednesday night, I don't want to come across as putting guilt on you for doing it, putting guilt on me for doing it. But just to know that there's a corporation ruining it for all of us. Yeah. If you are a DoorDasher and you've been to one of these locations, seen some shit, please Mm. send us a voice note. We'll play Mm. it on our next episode. Or if you've ordered from a ghost kitchen, if you have any experience with this that you want to share, please send it our way. Send us a voice note. Send us an email. Um, Not a text message. (laughs) (laughs) A DM. A DM Uh, will do. Get in touch with us. Yeah. And I just want to round out saying... Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Grow Up Pod. Grow without the O. Grow Up Pod. Um, I wanted to plug that I have a fourth clothing swap coming up the first weekend Ooh. of May, May 6th in Coronado. So if you're in the Phoenix area, Community Closet AZ on Instagram, I'll be there and it'll be really fun. And I also thought, Taylor, that you should let the people know where they can find your bottle shop. Yeah, online, behavebottleshop.com, behavebottle.shop, either work. I got those two domains. Domains. (laughs) I'm rocking two domains. Two domains Um, deep. Yep. 
or if you're in Sacramento in person at the Constellation Marketplace on our street, I have a whole shelf, little display. Go there. Check it out. Cute. Buy some drinks. Buy some drinks. Follow us everywhere. I'm going to buy some NA Bevs this month and think of Behave. Oh, you could buy from me. Yeah. Will they ship in time? <laughs> well, I'll ask you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll expedite. Oh, okay. I'll expedite. Bye. The homie hookup. The homie hookup. <laughs> on on that right. note, peace and love. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening, besties. You can follow us wherever you listen to podcasts or watch our special video episodes directly on Spotify. Oh, and make sure you're following our socials at growup.pod. Join our email list, too, to make sure you never miss an episode and to stay in the loop on all the cool stuff we're doing. You can find us online at growuppod.com. Remember, that's grow without the O. We do this all for you and just a little for us. So thank you so much for being part of our community in the chaos. We'll see you next week. Bye, Taylor. Bye, Jacqueline.